Chapter Forty Two of the Peril Finders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Peril Finders by George Fenn. Chapter Forty Two How to Turn Round. There was another puff of smoke, and another, followed by their cracks and echoes. A few moments' pause and two more, with the result that every Indian on the ledge disappeared, two of them falling prone to lie motionless, the others to hurry to where their companions held the reins that had been passed to them. Chris saw nothing of this, but at every report coming from down in the depression his heart leaped, knowing as he did that the sharp cracks were the reports of rifles, and that these could only be fired by his friends. From clinging there, half-stunned and perfectly inert, he felt a thrill of energy begin to move within him, a thrill which became a spasm, as all at once he saw something moving that looked like an animal crawling over the edge of the cliff, about fifty feet diagonally away from where he lay. As the object passed from behind some intervening trees, he could see plainly enough that it was an Indian grasping a bow, and the top of his quiver could be seen above his shoulder. Chris was alert now, and grasped the fact that this was another of the enemy making his way down to a big patch of pensile growth, which would afford him cover from whence he could direct his arrows, either at his watcher or at those who had fired upward from the valley. Could I, he asked himself, with a desire for life once more throbbing strongly in his veins. He began to prove his position. He had lain clinging with all his might to that stone ever since he had fallen, in the full belief that if he had slackened his hold he would glide off into the depths and fall to the bottom. But as in his calmer frame of mind he began to test this, he found that loosening his desperate grasp made no difference, that where he lay was fairly level, and that he was safe enough so long as he could retain his nerve. His left arm ached violently. But there was nothing the matter with his right, and to his great satisfaction his rifle was beside him with pouch, pistol, and hunting knife. He began to examine his rifle lock, and found all was right there, and that by moving a little he could place the stone between himself and his enemy, so that he would not only have a breastwork over which to fire, but a protection to turn aside arrows sent for his destruction. He turned cautiously aside, for he felt that cunning eyes might be watching him. But in spite of the caution, he could not evade the quick glance of the watching enemy. Chris grasped the fact, and quick as thought, as his rifle now rested upon the top of the stone, brought the sight to bear upon the Indian. It was to save his life he knew, for his enemy was as quick in his movements as he, with the result that a well-aimed arrow flashed across the intervening distance like a ray of light which was quenched in the puff of white smoke which darted from the boy's rifle. Then, simultaneously with the report, there was a sharp click, and the tough reed-like piece of wood glanced away, diverted from the object at which it was aimed, while as Chris peered with starting eyes over the top of the stone, which had saved him from a grievous wound, if not from death. He saw beneath the smoke, which floated upwards, another of the Indians rolling over three or four times, before descending into the depths below with ever-gathering speed. There was another chorus of yells from overhead, and though he could not see them, Chris felt assured that the enemy were raging about the top of the cliff, seeking to send arrows at him, and he had additional proof of this being a fact, for crack, 
crack 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 four reports came from below with what effect he could not tell but it seemed certain that his friends had fired at the enemy whose yelling ceased a strange and terrible silence succeeding the cries chris reloaded his empty barrel and looked sharply in several directions mostly in that from which danger had shown itself and with a full intention of firing at the first enemy who tried to reach the spot which commanded his resting place but the silence continued and there was no sign of a renewed attack then all at once there was a fresh beating of the pony's hooves from below where everything was hidden this was followed by a sharp scrambling sound and again by a tremendous rush as of earth and stone sliding down for a while before reaching the bottom with a crash my poor nag groaned chris and in imagination he saw the crushed and bleeding body of that sturdy little steed lying motionless amidst the heap of stones the fancy was so horribly vivid that he shivered as if from a cold wind passing over him while all the time he was bathed with perspiration the old dread of slipping from the narrow ledge upon which he lay came back and with a terrible feeling of despair he waited for the moment when he would again be falling swiftly through the air to share the fate of his mount he had just reached this point when sounding rather faint and distant but perfectly clear he heard a familiar voice calling him by name but in his state of painful agitation he could make no reply only lie motionless and ready to ask himself whether he had not conjured up the call himself but it was no fancy it was his father's voice sounding as if sent forth with a great effort between hands held on either side of the speaker's lips chris chris and perfectly clearly now a repetition of the words in a husky whisper from somewhere close at hand the indians were above him he knew and it was like telling them exactly where he lay but the boy felt that at all risks he must reply and bending over a little so as to direct his voice downwards he shouted ahoy here ahoy here the softly whispered echo of the cry not from close at hand but from the face of the cliff far away but there was another and more ominous sound or rather burst of sounds at this for a chorus of savage yells arose from the top of the cliff above him and he knew that the indians must have exposed themselves once more for a couple of shots rang out from below raising strange echoes from the end of the valley and once more there was the terrible silence in which chris crouched hopelessly for more than ever now he felt the crux in which he was placed to attempt to move was to fall or expose himself to the arrows waiting for him on the top of the cliff the next minute the black cloud of hopelessness seemed to be cut by the voice which came up out of the depths the voice that told him his friends were watching and waiting as he felt it must be the case to fire at the first indian who showed himself above the top of the cliff chris so low and distant but so clear chris ahoy cooey shouted the boy downward and from between his hands now this time there was no answering yell and chris listened to the words that came up sending a thrill of joy through him but at the same time a strange tremor of fear can you hear came now yes then listen came with a very slow emphasis you must creep gully lower self down chris was silent as he sat staring down as it seemed into nothing but the clear air for the stone to which he had clung projected from the cliff face just as the parts above him overhung as if about to fall 
here came from below the single word was so sharp and imperative that the boy replied at once shouting the one word can't and then as if ashamed of himself for so shrinking a reply he alluded to one only of the dangers which hemmed him in by crying out indians chris's heart leaped again and hope grew brighter for he more fully grasped his situation from the next words that came though he had pretty well understood it before dare not show but the words had hardly been uttered before chris felt that he knew more than his friends for his strained and wandering eyes which shrank from gazing down into the awful depths below suddenly became aware of a slight movement among the pensile growth between the summit and the spot from which the indians had shot at him he was in doubt for a few moments and he held his breath as he cautiously brought his rifle to bear upon that hanging bush but it did not stir and it seemed evident that he had only imagined the danger he had held his breath painfully while he watched and now feeling that he was wrong and must say something to those below he breathed again freely and was about to speak when his heart seemed to stand still again for one swinging bough was slightly agitated and pressed aside showing the glistening copper-hued skin of an indian shoulder with the strap of a quiver sling plainly in view the man was evidently crawling like a short thick serpent to reach a spot from which he could shoot but it was not to be for covering the indian side the boy waited a full minute to see if a better opportunity presented itself and it came for after lying perfectly still for a while the man raised himself a little as if to clear something in his way and then gave a spasmodic jerk rolled over sidewise and came gliding out from beneath the hanging growth to fall like those who had gone before how horrible thought chris with a shudder as he recharged the barrel he had just fired and then bitterly more horrible for poor father if it had been chris lee the excitement of this fresh attempt to reach him roused him to try whether he could not obey the order that had been shouted from below while the needed spur was now applied in the shape of one word which rose up perfectly clear try the boy's answer took the form of obedience glancing upward to see that he was quite hidden and again at the ledge from which the arrows had come chris passed his rifle sling over his head and one shoulder got the piece well over his back and flattening himself down upon his chest edged himself along to get his head a little beyond the stone of shelter so that he could look down when he turned icy with the shiver that ran up his spine for he was gazing down a perpendicular portion of the cliff face to a patch of bushes fully two hundred feet below oh it's impossible he cried but as he uttered the words once more the command came up try ah he doesn't know groaned the boy despairingly as he shrank shivering back to his old position to lie still for a minute feeling the palms of his hands grow wet but the sound of that word try seemed to be echoing on his ear and thrusting himself more away from the edge of the shelf over which he had peered he wrenched his head round to see whether there was any possible ledge or slope on the other side of the stone where he had looked before and had seen as it were that it projected right out once more his heart seemed to leap for as he looked after backing a little more he could see that his feet rested on a ledge formed by one band of the shale projecting about a foot beyond that above while two yards or so beyond this ledge was broken sharply away what was beyond he could not see 
but the ledge was certainly safer than the spot he occupied there being room for him to lie down and better still he could see that he would be better screened from any attack made from the ledge or the clump of bushes the stone and an angle of the cliff being between the ledge and the dangerous foes it was a case of its being only the first step that costs chris had begun to try and forcing himself backward along the ledge inch by inch he soon had the satisfaction of feeling that he was more hidden from the danger of being shot at than he expected while the cliff wall at whose foot he lay completely screened him from above there was a hopefulness about this a feeling of being rewarded for his effort to try which nerved the boy to continue in spite of the difficulties attending his backward progress and the way in which his rifle caught against the wall and his having to stop again and again to readjust the holster of his revolver which kept on slipping round this going backward is horrible he said to himself at last as he paused rather out of breath to look anxiously about him but felt in better heart upon again seeing how thoroughly he was screened from the indians the danger was not there and he had nothing to mind on one side where the rock wall went right up probably to the tableland above which for aught he knew to the contrary might come right to the edge of the mass of earth and stone that which he had to fear was the horrible vacancy on his left over which had he cared to he could have stretched out his hand but though more than once tempted to do so he shrank from it with a shudder but i must do something he thought i can't go on backwards like this he waited a little while to let his breath come and go more easily and while he lay there resting upon his chest he thought he reasoned with himself in a kind of argument and appealed to his common sense this natural shelf he said is about a foot wide and if it were only just above the ground i should not feel not the slightest nervousness but be ready to stand up and run along it instead of creeping back like a worm suppose it does go down hundreds of feet what then there's just as much room and it only wants pluck if i couldn't run along it i might walk steadily i will but he did not begin the horror of that great unknown depth was too hard to master but he raised himself slowly on all fours to see if he could not turn himself round so as to crawl the rest of the way head first instead of feet it seemed very simple but at the first trial his rifle caught tightly and he was attacked by a sensation as of something thrusting at him hard so that he closed his eyes and remained for some seconds with his head projecting over the edge of the shelf before he shuffled himself back into his former position and then lay panting till the breathlessness that had attacked him had passed away leaving a sensation of anger against himself for his want of firmness oh it's cowardly he muttered fiercely i can't go on backwards and i must and will do it but how he thought more calmly at last and it seemed plain enough all he had to do it seemed was to take fast hold of some projection in the rock so as to steady himself and then no that wouldn't do i see he panted the next minute turn over on my back but is there room this required a good deal of anxious thought for failure meant plunging down at once into the depths below there must be room enough he panted if i keep on edging myself close to this great wall of rock he hesitated no longer but setting his teeth hard and moving by inches and battling with the hindrances offered by the weapons he carried 
he wrenched himself round till he lay flat on his back gazing upward calmly enough in spite of one terrible half minute he had passed when it seemed to him that his rifle was acting as a lever to thrust him right off but that was only fancy he said to himself now that the danger was past and all i have got to do is to take hold tightly of the rock with my right hand and of some block or projection in this wall with my left let my legs glide over the edge and sit up it only means my legs swinging over the gulf then i can get on to my hands and my knees and go forward easily enough while my rifle won't be in the way only means my legs swinging over the gulf said chris again and this time aloud in a peevish low voice only oh i can't do it he groaned and then breathlessly and without giving himself an opportunity to shrink he said aloud i will the next minute he had begun making the effort seizing the edge of the rock and reaching up overhead to feel about till his fingers sank into a crevice and then panting heavily he made one brave effort holding on tightly and letting his legs glide over while he stiffly raised himself up moving as it were upon a pivot that pivot being the base of his spine there he cried triumphantly as the result of his effort was that he was sitting upright on the ledge with his feet in the air but not swinging for he pressed his heels hard against the rock beneath him as he glanced sidewise to think of how he was going to make his next movement chris ahoy chris came faintly from below and at the same moment there was a sharp crack and the ledge upon which he was sitting gave way dropping down with its burden many feet on either side of him parting clean from the wall of rock just as if it had been riven off by some mighty wedge end of chapter forty two